0: Welcome to Equippers Church Denise. We hope you enjoy this tag preaching from some sort of our up-and-coming communicators. For more information check out EquippersChurch.com.
1: We haven't yet established if it's Joe or Joanna. We're just gonna go with Joe.
2: Hello everybody! Hello, Hello. Hello. <laughs> So I'm Joe or Joanna. Um <laughs> I have been in Dunedin for three and a bit years now, and I've been coming to Equippers for about a year. So yeah, and I love this church. It's amazing. Um, So yeah, I'm going to talk about joy tonight. So yeah, um, most of my life, I've been pretty sure of who I am and whose I am. Um, I've always had a pretty secure relationship with my dad on earth, which in turn made it easy to believe that I have a God in heaven, a father that is looking out for me. Um, So from a young age, um, I knew that God was watching over me and had an intricate plan for my life. Um, This faith and confidence I had in God was tested, however. When I first came, um, left home and came to Dunedin, um, it wasn't like I stopped going to church or anything. I was still doing all that, but um, God kind of took a little backseat. I was still going to church and everything, but he wasn't top priority. I got caught up in study, uh, making new friends, trying to establish myself in a new place and he slowly began slipping. Um, As this happened, um, I began to lose part of me, Um, my confidence, my security in God, and because of this, my joy. Um, Joy has always been a massive part of my life. Um, It's been the fruit of the spirit that I feel like I've kind of associated with the most. Um, So, ooh, whoops. Um, So when I lost it, I lost a big part of my identity. The times I felt least joyful are the times where God has been the most distant. Um, so, the absence of God in the front seat of my life made it seem a little bit darker. Nehemiah eight ten, the joy of the Lord of my is my strength. I've heard that plenty of times, and um, I kind of grasped what it meant fully. Um, in the t- um, sorry, I kind of grasped what it meant fully. My strength comes from the joy that I have in knowing God. Rejoicing in God gives us the strength to face all. Um, all issues in our life. Um, Joyce Meyer says, our joy and our peace as Christians is not based on doing and achieving, but in believing. Pure joy is not laughter. Pure joy comes from the security of having a loving God who is always watching over us. Um, No matter the circumstances life throws at you, God is always there. There is nothing that can change the love that God has for you. I know that my joy and in turn my identity comes from knowing that I have a God who cares about me, is fighting for me, and guiding me throughout life. My joy came from leaning into God and finding peace in that relationship despite the situations life was putting me through. Um, I remember the year 2020 was a tough one for me, as I'm sure it was for a lot of us. Um, I've always had a dream from a young age to study physiotherapy. So at the start of the year, when I found myself looking at a laptop saying, sorry, you've missed a place for the year... I found that quite hard, and then you throw in lockdown, and it was just a bit of a mess. So, um, yeah, I was in probably one of the darkest places I've ever been, Um, quite insecure, felt like a failure, felt like my dream had been rejected. So, yeah, um, but in that moment, I turned to God, and as I clung tightly to Him, though my situation changed, I began to feel more at peace. Um, I began um, to grow in the security that God was looking out for me, my future was in His hands, and the freedom I felt in knowing that was just so immense and so insane that my joy started to come, even though I was still in the same position, hadn't changed at all. Um, This joy grew out of the love that I had for God, who is my Savior, my Provider, and my Redeemer. I honestly don't know where I would be if I hadn't turned to God in that moment, um, but I do know that life would be a whole lot less meaningful and a whole lot less bright. Um, Yeah, um, God has always been, and he always will be, whether I acknowledge it or not. Um, So in John 15, verse 4 to 11, Jesus says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. So complete joy comes from spending time in God's love and leaning into Him. As we lean into God, we will be fulfilled. The more time we spend connected with God, the more like Him we will become. Our words and our actions will be an outpouring of the love that God has for us. The love and the time we spend with Him is what completes our joy. Biblical joy is different to the joy in the world in the way that it is everlasting rather than fleeting and situation dependent. Charles Spurgeon, a preacher from England in the 1800s said, Believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes from not what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which was suffered to them by their Lord. Biblical joy is a deep security and a gladness that comes from knowing Jesus, trusting him and having him guide our lives. The joy of our salvation um, by Jesus shows outwardly to other people is our response to knowing God. Our joy of our salvation in Jesus is a sure thing, that once you have it, it remains despite our circumstance. Paul exemplifies this when he wrote the book of Philippians, um, which is a book book about joy or while he was in jail. Um, Joy comes from knowing that we can depend on God rather than our own strength. I don't know what you are facing, but I do know that I serve a God who loves you, a God that is fighting for you, a God whose heart breaks for you, a God who is standing with you in your circumstance, crying when you cry and laughing when you laugh, a God who wants to share our burdens and give us that joy and that peace. Um, So I didn't really know how to finish this, so uh, that's the end of my message, but I'm just going to (laughs) pray. Yeah. Thank you, God, um, for the joy of your salvation. Thank you, Father, for the peace that transcends all understanding. I pray that your love is being experienced across this room tonight. I pray that you'll be speaking to people and letting them encounter you. Um, Thank you that you are unchanging in a world that is constantly changing. Thank you that no matter what our background is, that you love us, you are fighting for us, and that you are holding us. I pray that everyone in this room has a fresh fresh revelation of who you are tonight. In your name, amen. Amen. Right. so I have the privilege to welcome the beautiful Alice up
3: here tonight. (laughs) Thank you. You guys can take a seat. Okay, the laptop turned off. This is a really great start. Um, I don't really know how to turn it back on, so this is like a really, really great <laughs> start. I'm not actually that techno savvy, so it's um quite fancy that I have this laptop that turns into a iPad. It's very cool. It's my work password, I can't tell you all. Um, I'll just tell you a bit about myself. So I'm Alice. Um, I've been in Equipers for about five years now, and this is my eighth year in Dunedin. So um, yeah, been here a while. Dunedin's my home. Equipers is my home. Um, I've been a Christian... Um, pretty much my whole life. Um, I grew up in church and I have a long history in my family. I've got um, ministers, pastors, um, so a long legacy, which is great. Um, but really, and what I want to talk to you guys about tonight or share with you is my journey and my um, Great! Thanks, Nicole. (laughs) Great! (laughs) Woohoo! Give it up for Nicole. (laughs) Um, So yeah, what I want to share tonight is my journey to finding my own faith, um, my own relationship with God, and um, how I got to be where I am today, and how I discovered my purpose in life. Ephesians 1, 11 to 12 says, It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, He is working out in everything and everyone. Um, in case you don't know, purpose is not about having um, a certain job or doing a certain number of things that you can add to your re- resume, making a certain amount of money, or being in line with a perfect life plan. Um, if you know me, you know I don't, um, I'm don't, not heading towards those things. Um, but having purpose and living on purpose is about knowing who you are, who God has created you to be, and taking the steps to get there. My journey to finding my purpose didn't happen overnight. Um, it was a, a series of decisions and, and a personal journey and intention to finding out what I was created for. As um, most young adult stories, and, and in a way similar to Joe, um, I came down to Dunedin to study, um, kind of got lost and confused. Um, university was kind of the only path that I saw for myself, um, growing up with or being in quite an academic school and all my siblings and everything before me went to university and so I was kind of told if you don't go to university you're not going to live a successful life you're not going to have purpose and um, I don't believe that to be true but that's what I um, thought and believed at the time and so I came down here I was like cool study did an arts degree which um, if you've been in uni um, people don't think that highly of arts degree <laughs> um, and so I was doing, um, I was studying what what I really enjoyed. Um, but the people around me, there was lots of people studying like law and med, and and they all seemed to have great purpose and direction and dream, um, and focus for their life. Um, but I kind of lacked focus. I didn't really have an um, end goal of where I was going to end up, um, which led to me becoming distracted, um, influenced by the wrong culture. I lost my sense of self amongst it all. I was, inconf- I was insecure, and I felt myself compromising my morals to fit in with the crowd. I questioned my faith, and I doubted my worth, my value, my ability to do anything well, and I felt that I would never find people who would truly love me and support me in whatever I felt, um, in whatever I wanted to do, and I felt very alone. Um, My life had been driven and ruled by fear and being judged by others, fear of what others would think of me fear of not being good enough for my dreams and expectations. I was driven by guilt for paths not taken and um, I was I had a lot of anxiety as well about picking the wrong path and or not picking any path at all and just being stuck. Um, and I was driven by a lot of like need for approval from the people around me, my parents um, trying to live up to these expectations that um, I thought that other people had of me. And so um, I put my identity, my culture, uh, sorry, my identity in the culture and the people around me, and I had um, no real sense of the hope and the love that Jesus had for me. Um, but the direction and, and the hope in life, for, um, direction and hope for my life changed at a young adults camp um, five years ago. Um, I chose courage over fear in attending it, um, as my good friend Hannah here could tell you, um, she promised me that I would have people, um, or that she would be in all the spaces that I would be, Um, and as soon as we got into a car, I knew no one, Um, (laughs) we're still friends, it's great. (laughs) Um, So I chose um, courage and going to that. I stepped out in faith and I um, stepped out in an altar call. And I really encourage anyone to take those opportunities when there is an altar call. You never know um, what God is going to do for you in that moment, what he has for you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or tremble or dread before them. For it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not fail you. He will not abandon you. Even when we get sidetracked and, and go a different way for a while, God will always bring us back into line with his plans and his purposes for our life as long as we're willing to humble ourselves before Him and listen and in that moment in that older call i um I don't really remember what I was responding to, but I just knew I needed to respond and God answered me he he um someone came up and prayed for me, and I knew that for them that that was uh a step of faith for them, but for me, it showed me God's love, it showed me that other people loved me, and it really gave me a sense that um, I was worthy, that I was valuable, that I didn't need to um, put my identity in all these things, or create all these um, list of achievements um, to have, have those things, I didn't need to be successful by the world standards, I just needed to know who I was in God. Um, My favorite scripture, um, life scripture, is Romans 12, 1-2, which says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. By laying down my dreams and giving them to God saying that all I want to do is serve him and his kingdom, whatever that might look like. It was a really pivotal moment. Um, it's led me to stay in Dunedin a lot longer than I thought I would. Um, <laughs> it's led me to serve in church. Um, it's led me to um, be involved in young adults, to be in pastoral care, to stand up there with confidence in front of you guys. Um, but it's all these moments, these um, the moments that I stepped out in faith and choose to... Um, Obey God and to listen to Him and where He was directing me. It was all these kind of moments that built up to me discovering my purpose. Um, I am to be Alice. I am to bring my unique gifts and use them to serve God's kingdom and to love His people. I don't always know what this looks like, and I do not have a plan um, beyond maybe even the next six months. Uh, it was kind of how I rolled, but. I know that if I continue to obey God and follow His will and listen to Him, I know that He's going to sort it all out, that He has plans for me and I can just be um, confident and and, um, assured that He's going to um, turn around all for good. Um, And He always continues to exceed my expectations. I don't know if you've ever tried to do a plan on your own and then it kind of gets thrown out the window, but when God's involved, it's always better than what you can do. So I want to say that your purpose is to be you, to be the you that God created you to be. Don't discredit your story, the things and the moments that help to define you. Let God lead you and show you the path to take. I'm just going to pray. Um, I don't know if any of my story has sparked something in you, but um, you might be at a moment where you're kind of feeling a bit lost or confused where you're going, or maybe you've lost that um sense of self and, and who God has created you to be. Um, you don't need to physically respond in this moment, but I'm just going to pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for everyone in this room tonight. Lord God, I thank you that you have created everyone to specifically be who they are. Lord God, you make no mistakes. Lord God, you have plans and purposes beyond our wildest dreams. Lord God, I pray that everyone can have it a real um, sense of your presence, Lord God. Have an encounter with you where they know ultimately who they are, who you have created them to be. Lord God, where there might be confusion or um, uncertainty, I pray, Lord, that you make things clear, that you show the way. Lord God, I lift this all up in your name. Amen. Awesome. I'm going to introduce the mighty Rob. Um, He's going to finish us off tonight, so give him a cheer.
0: Awesome, thank you Alice um, I feel really really glad that I bought a book today <laughs> Instead of a, a laptop I was um, going to use like an iPad And I was thinking, can I remember what I'm talking about And operating the thing at the same time So after seeing that I was like, I'm glad I've got the old book <laughs> yeah. So here we go, the uh, Warwick 1B8 exercise book don't need a password to get into it. Yeah. Actually, um, two crazy things happened as well just before I got up. The first uh, crazy thing that happened was I had um, two wee girls come up to me. They noticed that I was hanging on to an exercise book, and they said, is that your book? And I said, actually, it is. And they said, there's no name on it. We need to give it a name right now. So, um, it was Kennedy and uh, Estelle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, like, totally labeled the book, so I can't forget that it's, uh, it's, it's actually not my book. It's actually Anna's book. <laughs> um, so, yeah, just remember that, Anna. <laughs> um, yeah, but it also, it, you know what? It kind of actually made me think about some things too because, you know, um, yeah, Jesus is actually called us by name. And it's like his name is written, you know, um, on on our book, right? So, um, yeah, so that was just a cool wee thing. The other thing that was crazy is there was two very handsome guys that uh, came up to me at the start of the service, and they both issued me with a tremendous challenge, and I was wondering what I was going to do. These two guys, I think they're both single too, maybe not for long, Um, but they challenged me, to shave off my beard and rock up to uh, tag preaching with a moustache. Or a moustache, yeah. Yeah, stache of the more, right. Um, that's, that's what Mackay calls them anyway, moustaches. Yeah, so, um, so I, I think um, I just went with the, the Jesus beard instead. So, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, oh, and by the way, uh, Joe and Alice, you guys did an amazing job. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, yeah, absolutely, give yourselves a round of applause and stuff. Um, yeah, no, it's, tag preaching's awesome because you get to see um, a bunch of people just sort of step out and um, risk a little... But bust open and break open, and I think um, what tonight is actually about is just breaking open a little bit, busting open, stepping out, and taking a bit of a risk, so it was awesome to see you guys, and just to see, um, yeah, what God's writing on your hearts and stuff, so, so well done, you guys. Um, cool, so anyway, uh, my message uh, today is just pre- it's pretty much just titled, What's in Your Hands? And uh, it's what's, I think, what's in your hands is is what I'm really trying to get to, because I'll quite often, we can look at our hands, and we're thinking, well, I don't think I have enough, you know, but Jesus is interested in what's your in, in your hands, not Jemima, not Sally, you, right, I really hope there's no Jemima and Sally in here, by the way, yeah, yeah, if there is, I'm sorry, <laughs> Um, yeah. So, um, but yeah, so basically what I really wanted to share with you guys tonight and, and um, preach from is actually from Mark 6 or alternatively John 6. And most of you uh, will know the story about Jesus feeding the crowd of 5,000. And so I'm not going to read it because it's a very, very long story. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to unpack it. I'm going to uh, share with you guys. I'm going to paint a picture, if you will. And um, then I'm just going to dissect some of the conversation between Jesus and the disciples and, um, yeah, break something open, which would be cool. So um, in, this, in this picture that I see, I'm actually imagining it uh, like Lake Wanaka. Anyone aware of Lake Wanaka? Yes, I know um, Pastor Desiree. It's her happy place. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm thinking of Lake Wanaka. And um, in this time, Jesus is, uh, he's preaching, he's teaching, um, and he has his disciples with him. And it's, he's doing an amazing thing. And he's, he's, he's doing all this sort of great stuff. But then they get to a point of time where they need to just relax a little. They need to have something to eat. They need to have some R&R. So they jump in a boat And they cruise off. And because there's a boat in the story, Jason's driving it. So, Jason, (laughs) you're in there, mate. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So, um, yeah, so Jason cruises off. I'm imagining that they probably, they didn't go far. They didn't go far away, but they went to just a slightly removed uh, place that's just, you know, um, chilled out a bit. So they shot around maybe to, like, Glendoo Bay or something. And um, but the crazy thing is is they they started out in the boat, and by the time they got round the corner, see people had seen him leaving and thought, "You know what I need to i need I know where he's going I'm going to intersect him so by the time they got to Glendu Bay, here's a massive crowd waiting. See now, understand for a second that if can you imagine what the disciples are feeling you know, You've just been preaching, you've been teaching you've you're like you're pretty tired, you're hungry, you need something to eat, and you just want to find a place of rest, and you rock up, and there's a massive crowd. If it was me, I'd be saying, Jason, Ely pointed it is, you know? Um, <laughs> but the funny thing is, is that um, Jesus, see, he looks out at the crowd, and it says that he had compassion, um, yeah, he, because he sees the need, he sees desperation, and see, Jesus, he's never one to miss an opportunity. I, th- I think it's interesting because quite often when there's an opportunity that comes in our lives, who knows that problems, distractions, things come up to us and it's so easy to deviate and go the other way instead of taking the opportunity. But here we see Jesus takes the opportunity, which is awesome. So, he, so yeah, Jason rocks up and drives the boat onto Glendu Bay. They come open, they start um, yeah, preaching and teaching and all that sort of stuff. And it was incredible. And it gets to the point where it's later on in the afternoon now, the disciples still haven't eaten, the crowd, there's no dairy, there's no fish and chip shop uh, anywhere in the vicinity. And so the disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, look, this is great, but maybe we should send the crowd away. Maybe we should send them away and, uh, and, and have something to eat. And it's interesting, you know, like Jesus is like, and I think he knows what exactly the disciples are thinking, but he asks the question anyway. And so he says, um, why don't you feed them? And it, the, here's the thing I wanted to uh, point out is that the disciples are like, oh, but Jesus, like, it would take a whole entire year's wages uh, to be able to f- buy even enough bread for all these people here. And so Jesus says to them, we'll go and find some food. And I just wanna say, first of all, the disciples, they look at what's in their hands, right? And they go, I don't have enough. I, I don't have what it takes. How many? Like, I don't know about you, but about me. Sometimes I compare myself to other people. You know, if Jesus has given me an opportunity, if Jesus has told me to go and do something, what do I do? I look at what I have, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not equipped for this. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the skills and the abilities uh, to be able to deal with this situation or to do that. But the thing is that Jesus has called us. Jesus has called you. You are His masterpiece. You know, we've been looking um, in Massive, oh, it's awesome to have you here, Massive crew. Yeah, come on. Um, Yeah, we've been looking at the um, uh, Masterpiece series all of last month. And, um, you know, in Ephesians uh, 2.10, you know, it says that you are God's masterpiece, for He has created you and you in Christ Jesus, um, so you can do the good things He planned for you long ago. And this is, a, this is a declaration, a good thing to remember, because He has called you. He has created you. You were created for such a time as this. And so um, that's really important on any opportunity that comes up, right? So anyway, we know that uh, the disciples find a boy in the crowd, and the boy has a lunchbox. And the funny thing was, is the disciples are like, I, I can't do it. I don't have, what's, I don't have enough, yet the boy who's not anyone special, has a lunchbox and he just gives it straight away. Now, it's interesting because I think like, you know, in the, in that crowd, perhaps there were other people who had food, but maybe they'll like, hell no, you know, and like <laughs> pocket it, you know. Uh, yeah, but this boy is like, you know what, uh, I'm I'm going to give it. And it would be so easy to be like, well, you know, like this isn't that great. It's a fish and some loaves. It's not like, fancy lunch is it so but he gives it anyway and God blesses it and does an amazing thing with it right which is really really cool um, and the other thing I just wanted to say too and one thing I wondered about is why is the boy even there I mean like I'm gonna say I'm gonna take Cohen for example uh he's my awesome son and um yeah but the thing is it's like uh first of all, is he wagging school? Like, why, you know, it's during the middle of the day. I, yeah. And maybe maybe it's not wagging school. Maybe it's like the weekend or something. But I don't know about you, but most kids of that age are either at the mall with their friends, uh, jamming out on the PlayStation, maybe shooting some hoops or something, uh, but anywhere but there, right? But I'm kind of thinking that this boy... He he's, hears about this Jesus and he really, really wants to just he, he, wants, he wants to find out more about this Jesus. And so that's my, my last point that I want to bring up is that he actually positions himself in a way um, that he can be used, right? And I think that is the big challenge for us, is that in order for Jesus to use what's in our hands, to use the talents and abilities placed on our life, sometimes we've got to position ourselves in a way that can, Jesus can use us. So, yes, yeah, so that's the last thing. My challenge is position yourself somewhere. You know, position yourself in your workplace. Position yourself in your university. Position yourself in your, um, in your school, position yourself, join a team at church or something. You know, I promise you that if you position yourself to serve Jesus somehow, he will use what you've got. And that's my finishing point. So what I'm gonna do is I'm actually gonna hand it over to Desiree, because she's got um, some awesome things to say. Um, yeah, so thank you, Desiree. Well done, well
1: done. awesome, yeah. good
0: job, fabulous. Worship team, excellent.
1: Um, Isn't it amazing what God does, what he says, what he wants to weave through? Um, Three people who decided to take a risk tonight, to share from their heart, to just declare something that God has um, spoken to them personally. And, you know, there were some great thoughts that came out of tonight, and I just wanted to remind us of a few. And then um, I've got one sort of lingering thought that I thought I would share and end with. And, you know, the whole concept of joy, identity, identity and then taking your place, using what you have. And um, at the center of it all, all three tonight spoke about their own personal relationship with Jesus. That's what actually propels them to have joy, to find their identity, and to take their place, to be confident in what they have. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're human, right? Yep, everyone, yes, yes, we're human. <laughs> You know, sometimes we like to go from A to B in a straight line. And this life that we get to live with Jesus is not always in a straight line. And the twists and the turns and the curves and the mountains and the valleys are all part of the journey. And as we walk through life, we can be confident in one thing. He walks with us. That we don't have to lose our step when the, when the road gets a little bit wobbly or a little bit curvy. He's right beside us, wants to hold our hand, wants to walk with us, wants to be right there speaking words of truth, confidence, identity, security. There's one scripture in the Bible in Proverbs 3, verses five to six, and it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And He will direct your paths.
0: Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.